You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore daddy. So I do apologize about uh, missing out on yesterday. It was a busy day and all. Um, one of the worst days possibly to um, to oversleep. This has been the biggest question mark, the bi- biggest sort of news item, aside from Aaron Rodgers just deciding to come back, but the actual official, I'm coming back and here are the details Probably the biggest thing since, you know, the final Packer game. And um, I overslept. I think daylight savings is still kind of kind of messing with me. Because I'm looking at my clock, it says 324. My body's like, dude, it is 224 all day. I don't care what you're talking about. It is 2 o'clock in the morning, and I refuse to get up. Because I... Think I think I heard one alarm. And by the way, my my daughter was in a screaming fit at uh, two forty five. Like act, you know, two forty five. What the clock says, not two forty five. What my body says, which would be one forty five. What my body says, but she uh, overtired, so just sitting in bed screaming. And I'm like, oh, this is wonderful. I'm super tired. Got to bed late. Wonder what time it is. Oh, good. I have to get up in fifteen minutes. I did not get up in fifteen minutes. I don't know when she stopped screaming. But um, I just hear a voice whispering, Mom, I can't find the Pop-Tarts. And my brain immediately went, it's not 3 o'clock, is it? There's no way. Sure enough, it was 7-something, I don't know. So anyways, my bad. Thank you to uh, Clayton and JJ for um, filling in for me. Not that that wasn't already planned, but you know, good timing. Actually, no, whatever, it doesn't matter. I gotta figure out how to move on at some point. Let's, um... Let's talk about Aaron Rodgers. The one benefit or drawback, I guess, about missing a day is I've had more time to reflect on the Aaron Rodgers contract, and I'm less sure about my thoughts today than I was yesterday, which maybe is a good thing, maybe is a bad. Yesterday would probably be more fun because it would have been much more fire and brimstone and like pound the table and here are my thoughts. And today it's like, "Mm, I don't know, dude. I don't know. (laughs) It's much more existential and, um, you know... Things, things of that nature. Here, here's the part that kind of. Here are the things that I guess annoy me. Um, might, might as well start with that. That's the most interesting things. What is he annoyed by today? Who was right and who was wrong? Well, we know with one hundred percent certainty that the report of four years, two hundred million, was wrong. And I know with one hundred percent certainty after the fact that people who are doing victory laps saying Ian was one hundred percent right and Aaron Rodgers lied, which is kind of pretty much Packers reporters, which is weird, but it's reporters as a whole. 
And also all the uh, reports, especially from guys like Schefter, who are just trying to run interference for Ian Rappaport saying it's official. It's a three year, $150 million contract. I'm, I'm just, I'm really getting annoyed by it. And again, I'd rather not name drop it. If, if you're on Twitter or maybe Facebook and somebody posted the Twitter thing, I don't know, but um, you've probably seen who I'm talking about. Just going on an absolute rampage saying, you know, I'm so sick of this anti-media stuff. Ian was right this whole time. And I'm looking at the contract going, he wasn't, though. I don't know why you're saying that. And Aaron Rodgers lied. And I'm thinking he didn't, though. Now, you can maybe say Aaron Rodgers lied if you assume that every single conclusion that Pat McAfee came to was because it came directly out of Aaron Rodgers' mouth. Maybe you can. I don't know. In which case, yeah, probably. But let's let's look at it. Um, the, the thing that drives me nuts the most, and again, it, I'm a little less sure than ever, but to simply summarize it as a three-year, $150 million contract is just flat-out inaccurate. It may end up being a three-year, $150 million contract, but I don't think there's any way to really read this contract and say that's the most accurate way to say it. And even Ian Rappaport when he was talking to Pat McAfee, he says, oh, it's a three-year, $150 million contract. And he says, well, actually, it's more than that because it's a two-year, um, what, $101.5 million contract? Something stupid. I don't know. But the point is they don't want to report that because then that sounds crazy. And they know it probably won't end up being that, even though that's technically what the contract is, but then it's probably not that. To me, there are, and granted, there are caveats here, but if you wanted to be the most honest... There are two ways to report this, and then you probably have to add in a couple caveats. But if you've watched uh, Pat McAfee, I think he's fair because when he had Ian on, he pointed out, you have never, ever in the history of contracts reported a contract the way you're reporting Aaron Rodgers' contract. And it's not because no one has ever done a contract like this. It's not. You're choosing to report it this way because you want to sound right. So, because again, what... When you tell me what the contract is, you're building a picture in my head. And when you say three years, 150, I'm not picturing what I'm looking at right now. The full term of the contract is five years, $203.6 million. And this is via SpotTrack. And even SpotTrack and Over the Cap will say this is not official numbers. So take this even with a grain of salt. But let's just use this as an example anyways. The total term of the contract, and I understand that there are options and things like that, Every contract has caveats. No contract is 100%. You can say, well, well, he's not likely to finish this out. That's also true of Preston, but we don't, we don't say that his you know, five-year deal is really a three-year deal because it's not likely to carry all the way through. The full contract that he signed in totality, five years, million, which comes to $42.7 million per year. If you want to talk new years and new money, it is a three-year extension with $133.7 million in new money, which is $44.6-ish million. That's what the contract is. And again, it's, it's probably more likely that he doesn't finish this contract than other contracts because of the way it's structured and you can make an argument that there's almost no way that he goes beyond this, that, or the other. It doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter to me. I just want you to tell me what the contract is. If you want to throw in the caveat that it's, it's unlikely that he finishes his contract based on the way they structured it, fine. 
And if you want to take a guess at he'll only play two years, which will mean that in, in reality, it will be he will get this much money in his pocket. The Packers will have this this much against the cap because, as Clayton said yesterday, the only thing that matters to us as fans is the cap hit, which is true. Then you're talking about $28 million, $31.6 million, and then we got to take a, a dead cap hit of XYZ after that. But even that, we don't really know because we don't know how the Packers are going to handle that. We think we do and we can speculate, but but that's you know that's the thing. This is This is step one of the process. The Packers have a step two, probably step three, depending on what he chooses to do and when he chooses to do it and how they're going to figure out how to handle that. And we're not entirely sure how that's going to pan out, which again is why I'm annoyed by the whole, this is what it is. You know, I'm, I'm going to speculate that this is a three-year, $150 million contract. If you're going to cut the thing in half, then you can't tell me what the numbers are because you don't know how the Packers are going to handle it once Aaron Rodgers decides to leave. Just tell me the contract. It was, it was funny because Von Miller signed a massive contract. And Ian Rapp uh, and, and um, Pat McAfee, whose name I still cannot get straight, reports it. Here's the contract. Then he says, by the way, Ian, follow up. What would you call this contract in Aaron Rodgers' terms? And that's going to be a running joke since forever. Tell me the contract, like what it actually is, and then tell me it in, in Aaron Rodgers' style. And he did. That's the thing. Ian even acknowledges it. So Ian, Ian was the one that reported it first. He says, Von Miller gets a six-year, $120 million deal. Now, again... And, and this, is, this is the thing, and it's why I'm giving Ian Rappaport sort of half credit, because none of these deals are real. And it's entirely possible that the most likely scenario is that he plays three years on his deal for what is probably $150 million, but we don't actually know. Again, the reason I don't like it is because it's very obvious why he's choosing to believe it's three years, and it's also obvious based on the fact of look at all his... Co- and Ian's not doing this. It's his colleagues that are going around doing victory laps, trying to absolutely bludgeon Aaron Rodgers and say he's a liar, which is just insane to me. But Pat McAfee freaks out in the comments, and then below his comment where he freaks out, he says, follow-up rap, what's the actual contract, like the one you reported for Aaron Rodgers? And what did Ian Rappaport say? Most important, it's a $70 million over four years, nearly $50 million, $51 million in guarantees. So he's saying, in reality, it's probably a $17.5 million deal. Roughly, right? It's a, it, it's, it's that, or, and again, it, it, it's a little bit unfair because Von Miller's deal is different than Aaron Rodgers' deal. But again, what we're talking about is choosing to describe Aaron Rodgers' deal based on what it's likely to be, as opposed to the full term of the contract. And and this is the thing, guys like Ian and Schefter, they fully understand that it's never going to be the full years and the full dollars. But they don't care because they love reporting the big numbers. But for some reason, they didn't choose to say this is a five-year deal worth $213.6 million. They wanted to say three for 150. Probably because it's $50 million on the nose, which is what Ian Rappaport reported and got bludgeoned for. And look, he kind of, he, he, he kind of explained it on Pat McAfee's show. He said, look, I, I knew what the contract was. Um, I don't know if he actually saw it. He said he saw this contract, but um, he said it was kind of a four-year for $200 million kind of a situation. And then they kind of tweaked it to be this three one fifty. So it's possible that it was more of a f- over four years. It would have been one fifty with some additional unlikely to be exercised options. And then they tweaked it to become this. But I, I don't know. Again, at, at the end of the day, this whole thing is silly. What 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 we know for sure is that number one, this year we have a twenty eight point five million dollar dead cap it. And and no, it's as far as team friendly. Well, we'll we'll get to that in a minute. Because to me, team friendly has nothing to do with cap hit. It has to do with the contract he signed. 
The, the cap hit has to do with how the Packers manage the money that Aaron Rodgers got. The question is, what is the money that Aaron Rodgers got? And by the way, in terms of how much money he got, this year he got $42 million. It wasn't up to him how much of that gets put on the cap. The Packers could have made the decision to put $40 million on the cap and just run this team into the ground, and it would, it would not have had Aaron Rodgers be less team-friendly. You know what I mean? Because it has nothing to do... That's the Packers' decision. Aaron Rodgers' decision is how much total money and, and, and average per year and all that stuff I'm getting. How low of an average per year am I willing to take? The cap hit has nothing to do with Rodgers. I mean, the Packers could have made it even, you know, they, they could have dropped it down. I don't know what they could have dropped it down. They could have dropped it down more and just ruined the future even more. But again, that's not Rodgers' decision. That's the Packers' decision. So, But we'll have to talk about that a little bit because there's a jersey on the line. Um, some people are for sure you have to go buy a jersey now. And I'm like, I'm not so sure about that. And other people are like, well, there's no way you're buying a jersey. And I'm like, no, there's an argument for it, but I don't know. But we know that the um, four-year, $200 million deal was incorrect. We know that. $50 million per year, I can't say that I, I can't 100% say Ian Rappaport is wrong because, as I said on Twitter a couple of days ago, the problem is none of us did a good enough job of defining our terms, including Ian Rappaport. When he said $50 million per year, he didn't mention that it's actually going to be $42 million per year. However, there are two years on his contract that are unlikely to be exercised, which will bring it to three years, 150. But who knows? It may be less, which would make it a higher per year. It may be more, which would make it a lower per year. We're not really sure, but you know, he, he didn't say any of that, so we didn't really know. And it's hard to call him out on it because he, he, has, he has the ability to say, this is my interpretation. How can you tell me my interpretation? is Okay, fine. So I'll, I'll give Ian half credit. For, his, for the $50 million thing, he was way off on his actual contract thing. He just was. I mean, that's not what it is. It's not four years, and it's not $200 million. Um, Pat McAfee is incorrect. In fact, uh, of the two between Ian and Pat McAfee, I think Pat McAfee is blatantly lying more than Ian Rappaport is. Because again, at least with Ian, you can look at it and go, that's dishonest but I can see kind of what you're saying. I mean, the math checks out. At the very least, the math checks out. Here is what Pat McAfee says. So in the end, it is a five-year, again, I agree that this is the best way to say it, five-year, but then he says $186 million deal for Aaron Rodgers. That, I'm sorry, that's just a lie. Because what he's doing is he's giving the full term five years, but he's only adding the new money. The new money over three years, because... He's already had two years on his contract, so it is a three-year extension. So if you're going to say 186, say three-year 186, which even that is not my math, but it, it's also, I, I, don't, I, I don't know where he gets that from exactly. Where is that maybe, prob, I don't know. It, it doesn't matter. I, I, again, my numbers are probably wrong. His numbers are probably more correct. But, but either way, he's talking full term over five years, but he's only talking about the three years of money. That is what you call lying. That would make it a $37.2 million deal. This absolutely was not a $37.2 million deal. He says the last two years are placeholder years, $150 million guaranteed, which even that, it's $150 million guaranteed in, uh, for injury. I think it's $101 million guaranteed in total. So assuming he doesn't get some kind of a 
massive injury. It's actually closer to $100 million guaranteed, I believe. At least that's what somebody reported at some point, but who knows the numbers have changed so many times that may not be true. But then he goes on to say, with that being said, cap-friendly deal with Aaron Rodgers getting paid, win-win for everyone. He goes on to say, I think, shrug. Well, fair enough, because this is not true. <laughs> um, but here, here's the thing. I want, I want to add one more thing, because the, the direct assault by some people in the Packers community, and I'm sure other reporters out there, because we got to turn this into a, a media versus anti-media war, is that Ian Rappaport was right, and Aaron Rodgers is a darn dirty liar. Here is what Aaron Rodgers said, right? Again, Pat McAfee is, is supposedly some kind of a mouthpiece, but whatever. Here is what Aaron Rodgers said in response to uh, Ian Rappaport. And you can decide whether Ian was telling... Actually, you're not going to decide. I'm going to tell you because it's, it's, not even, it's not even up for debate. Here's what Aaron Rodgers said. Hey, everyone. Just wanted to clear some things up. Yes, I will be playing with the Packers. True or false? That's true. Okay, we're good. So, I mean, Ian and Rodgers were both right on that point. However, reports about me signing a contract are inaccurate, as are the reports, uh, as are the supposed terms of the contract I quote-unquote signed. So what is he saying? The terms are wrong. And I didn't sign it. So Ian Rappaport said he signed a deal for four years, $200 million. Aaron Rodgers said, I didn't sign a deal, and it's not four years, $200 million. Last sentence, I'm very excited to be back. Ian Rappaport, zero. Aaron Rodgers, two. We learned he did not sign a contract, and we learned those were not the terms of the contract. Can you find a single lie in what Aaron Rodgers said about his contract? Because I'm seeing all kinds of victory laps about how Aaron Rodgers is, is gaslighting you, and he's a liar, and we need to realize that this is what he does. He's, a, he's just out for media attention, and he's a big, fat liar, and he's just trying to make the media look like a bunch of liars, and he's a liar, and I'm so sick of his lying. And, and, he, and now we know that Ian Rappaport was 100% right. He was 110% right. He was 150% right, and he couldn't have been any more right, and, 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 and you shut your mouth if you disagree. And again, if you just look at the Adam Schefter, Article, right at the top, three years, $150 million. I'm sorry, where? Where in the world do you see that? At the very least, say likely to be three years, $150 million, and then go in and, and talk about how stupid and complex this is. Because it is stupid and complex, no question. Here's an example of how weird this contract is. This is via Ken Ingles. Typically, the longer an NFL player plays on their contract, the cheaper the dead cap would be if they retire, right? I mean, that just makes common sense. If you play one year and then retire, the dead cap is massive. If you go two years and then you're done or cut or traded or whatever, the dead cap is still a lot, but it's less. And then just every year, the dead cap hit goes down until eventually you've spent all the money that was guaranteed. And then if there's any kind of bonus money or whatever, that'll be dead cap. If there's not, then it's just, it's just you're free to cut them. They're, they're just good and gone and thanks for playing. He says, this is not the case with Aaron Rodgers' new deal. Every year he plays makes his walking away more expensive. Why would they structure it this way? Because they probably know he's not going to finish out the contract. And this is the reason why I can't come down 100% on, on Ian Rappaport, even though he's not reporting this, the, you know, the, the, the contract the same way as everybody else is, and you feel like he should. This contract seems explicitly, explicitly set up for a guy that's not going to finish. When you set it up to be more beneficial when he leaves early, although I guess a lot of contracts are set up that way. For example, Aaron Jones, right? His, his massive cap hit next year. 
certainly would be more beneficial if he leaves this year than or next year than the year after or whatever, after this year. But he goes on to say, if he retires, if he retires in these years, here's the dead cap. So if he retires in 2023, we have a $40.3 million dead cap. If he retires in 2024, there's a $68.2 million dead cap. If he retires in 2025, there's a $76.8 million dead cap. But again, this is where you get into sort of phase two, because obviously the Packers are not going to be taking these massive dead cap hits. Now you could say, well, that's, that just shows you that he's going to leave. Well, not necessarily. Why bother even putting in these options? Well, it's to spread up the contract. Then why not just use void years? Maybe there is a specific reason why you can't just use void years. In other words, we know he's walking away and we just want to spread it out and we're going to take a dead cap hit. Then just use void years. Why are there options for him to possibly stick around? Maybe it's because he's possibly going to stick around. Well, but if he does, if he sticks around in 2024, we got this massive dead cap hit. No, we won't because they're going to work around it. There's going to be a phase two of this plan. So they're, they're leaving the door open for Rodgers to possibly stay, even though they're pretty sure he's not going to, even though Aaron Rodgers is pretty sure, but Aaron Rodgers also doesn't know. I'm sure Tom Brady has been contemplating retirement for about five years now and has just decided to keep coming back and keep coming back and keep coming back until this year when he decided to finally retire until he decided to come back one more time. This is partially why it's so complicated because they're leaving the door open for the possibility of him playing all the way through 2025 with the full understanding that once 2023 hits, there's going to be sort of a phase two. Maybe they'll take on a $40 million dead cap hit, but I doubt it. They got to figure something else out. And clearly they're not going to take a 68 or $76 million dead cap hit. And again, maybe there is a reason that this, this structure is better than void years and there's just there's zero chance. But even so, again, there's, there isn't a 100% possibility that he's gone in 2024. There just isn't. Aaron Rodgers doesn't know. And I think that is sort of the bigger point. And this is kind of where I've come to where it's like, I don't know anything anymore. There are only a couple things I know. I know it's not two, 200 million, four years. I know Aaron Rodgers didn't directly lie, although he may have indirectly lied to Pat McAfee. I know Pat McAfee is full of it with his contract description. That's garbage. But other than that, I don't actually know anything. And again, the more I thought about it, the more I realized it, as much as it feels like a simpleton's understanding of the contract. I, I kind of find myself back to what Clayton was saying, that the only thing that matters is the, is the cap hit for me. And you say, well, that's stupid because ultimately the contract he signed is going to hit the Packers. And it's, again, the only thing I know in front of me is Aaron Rodgers. I don't care how much money got put into his pocket, which again was $42 million. So again, in, in terms of, well, he's the lowest paid. Well, I doubt it, or eighth highest paid or whatever. Mm, 42 million bucks in his pocket. He got a $40.8 million signing bonus, plus his $1.15 million salary, and I'm sure he'll get his $50,000 workout bonus. I shouldn't be sure of that. $50,000 is basically like me walking across a quarter on the street like, nah, it looks kind of dirty. I mean, it's not that I don't want it, but I'm not, not going to, it makes me look poor bending down to pick it up. Like where Aaron Rodgers, like, I'm not coming in to do push-ups to get $50,000. Forget that. I'll do push-ups by myself. I don't want to look desperate. But all we care about as fans is how good is the team. And the only implication for Aaron Rodgers in this contract and how good is the team is his cap hit. I know his cap hit is $28.5 million. I know next year it's $31.6 million. After that, I don't know. I know it's forty point seven, which is completely reasonable if he plays on that. And after that is 59. Well, he's not going to, he's not, he's, you know, we're not going to pay 59. So there's no way he plays those last two years. Well, right. Just like we know that certain guys aren't going to end up playing with these certain spiked contracts. They're, they're going to get reworked if he decides to keep playing 
at age 42, which is not even that old. And, and listen, I, I, I understand it's so unlikely because he's already one foot out the door. I get all that. But again, I'm not looking at it in terms of what's likely to have. I'm just looking at the contracts as it is. And again, I only know phase one. I don't know phase two. So to say, well, this contract sucks because he's going to play this year on $28 million. He's going to walk out the door and then we're screwed. Based on what? Our current understanding of a contract that we don't even know the actual details? They've been working on this contract for months. Guys that are way smarter than all of us. They have a plan too, or the, uh, a phase two. If he retires after year one, they have a plan for this contract. They're not going to get themselves in a situation in which we're going to have to just run this team into the ground. It's, it's, it's going to sting one way or another. Math is math. I get all that. But all I know is what's immediately in front of me. And that is that it's a five-year deal, $42 million per year, $28 million cap hit this year, 31 next year, 40 the year after that. All three of those years are nothing. Nothing. Even $59 million by 2025, I mean, that's a lot. But by that point, I guarantee you there's going to be quarterbacks getting $60 million. Now, that's not what their cap hit's going to be, and that's probably going to be way too expensive. But, but again, that's, that's so far down the road, and he's probably not going to be here, and I don't know what the cap hit is going to look like because I have no I, I don't know anything that's so far down the road, dude. And we do this all the time. We panic about the future. Well, we're, we're, we're screwed in 2024. Every time Aaron Rodgers has ever signed a contract, we've said this. Well, we're, we're done at this year. There's no way. And then they change the situation so that they're not screwed. And then we're not screwed all of a sudden. Aaron Rodgers has basically always been relatively cap-friendly, aside from, you know, maybe last year and probably the last year of his last contract until they work out some kind of a deal. But it's never been catastrophic. It's never been like him on the cap today at $50 million, like, oh, we're doomed. They just, they're never going to let that happen. Same with Zadarius. Well, we can't afford him this year. Right, that's why we cut him. You look at Preston's contract. Well, that's getting kind of expensive. Well, we extended him, and now he's cheap again. Yeah, but the, but in X amount of years, then he's then we're in trouble. Well, no, we're going to do something else at that time, and none of us know what that is or when that is. So all we can do is we can look at this and we can say it's good now, it's going to be horrible later, but we don't know for sure. I mean, it, there's going to be some pain. There has to be because, again, math, but it's probably not going to be as bad as we think. We don't know what phase two of this plan is. And there is a phase two. And I don't know what that is. And the Packers don't even honestly know what it is because a lot of it depends on Aaron Rodgers and how long he decides to play. But at the same time, that's true of everybody. There's an element of this that's true for everybody. There's the possibility that a player gets injured and cannot play and you're just kind of doomed. There's a possibility that a player just up and says, I quit. There's a possibility that, that a player's talent just completely falls off and you got to move on from them because, you know, you, you got to get out of this at some point and, and it ends up hurting you more than you were expecting, but you got to do what you got to do and you got to work it out and da-da-da-da-da-da-da. That's, that's the, the, the nature of NFL contracts. None of them are like baseball where it's a five-year, you know, I don't know, $250 million contract. Those guys get stupid contracts, but call it call it. God, who cares? Four years, 200 million, like Aaron Rodgers is supposed to get. Well, okay, but what are the... De- no, that's the details. That's it. Yeah, but like, you know, no, no, no. That's that's it. That's the contract. That that doesn't exist in football. There's the big numbers, and then there's the details in between. And it's like, yeah, he's probably only going to play three of the five, and then it's probably, you know, th- and then there's bonuses, and then he may not, you know, what if he doesn't work out, then he doesn't get his workout. Whoa, and then there's the roster bonuses, and then there's this, and then there's that, and then if he does this, then he hits this acceleration, and this and that, and then the, these bonuses, and those bonuses, and 
Dude, I don't know. Nobody knows. No, but not not a single human being on this planet knows how much money Aaron Rodgers is going to stuff into his pocket by the time this is done. Nobody knows what the cap hit is going to be when this thing is all said and done. We can take our best guesses, but that's it. And so again, I, I end up coming back to the place of trying to understand this rightly is the wrong way to do it. Trying to understand it in the most basic and simplistic way is probably the right way to do it. Because at the end of the day, I'm a Packer fan, and I just want to know we have money, and this year we have money. And next year, we probably have money. And the year after that, we can panic about what might be, but we don't know. Aaron Rodgers may play, in which case 40.7 in 2024, I promise you, is pennies. Yeah, but if he doesn't play, we're screwed. It's probably going to hurt, but I don't know about screwed, dude. We'll have to see how they handle that. Yeah, but if he plays in 2025, according to Ken Ingles, we're definitely screwed. Well, that's assuming we don't do anything and we're like, oh, shoot, I didn't expect that. I guess it's a $60 million dead cap hit or whatever he said. We're going to have to cut everybody. Sorry, guys. Dude. Let's just take it a year at a time. In fact, let's take it a day at a time because I'm sure we don't even fully understand the structure and the details and everything else. I'm sure some of the numbers I gave you are completely false because I literally sat on Track, hit refresh, and watched the numbers change as I hit refresh. Even if you go over to Over to the Cap, kudos to them for being a little bit more honest because if you go over Over the Cap, they're like, it's a three-year, $150 million contract. And I'm like, you guys are saying that too? That's what SpotTrack says also. But then if you continue reading on Over the Cap, it says, we have not yet verified the information and are basing the contract estimates on multiple reports about the contract. We will update the page when we get more information. So where are they getting that from? From the reporter saying it's a three-year, $150 million contract. Which again, it might be when it's all said and done, but we don't know. We don't know. And there's also likely to be other restructurings, which means it's not going to be 150. He's going to end up getting more than that because they, they tweaked his contract a little bit to smooth this and move that and stuff a little more in his money in his pocket. I don't know, dude. This one's, this one's it's, it's not even that it's over my head, because partially because it is, but that's not even really the point. It's just that we don't know. And so all I can give you is what I know. $28.5 million against the cap this year. Everything else is pretty much just guessing, and what we're guessing is how long Aaron Rodgers is going to play. And you can pretend you know for a fact, but you don't. One year, two year, three year? You know for a fact that he's not going to every year just come back and be like, I think I'm going to retire and then go, no, I just love it too much. You know that he's not going to do that for the next four years? No, you don't. It seems like it because he almost retired this year, but so what? Aaron Rodgers doesn't know how he's going to feel this year or next year or the year after or the year after that. If he doesn't know, you certainly don't know. Now, finally... I said I would buy a team, uh, an Aaron Rodgers jersey, if this was a long-term contract that is team-friendly. Now, you've got, again, not going to name drop, but you've got a lot of people saying, we got to give up this team-friendly BS. Just just give it up. This is garbage. It was never going to be team-friendly. Okay. Well, based on $50 million per year, that would not be team-friendly. That's true. But I don't know that I buy that this is a $50 million per year contract. That's not what he signed. I mean, just in reality, that's not the contract that he signed. But I also am having a hard time. I mean, if we say it is a five-year, what did I say, 42-something? Five-year, $42.7 million contract. I mean, if that was the total term of the contract, I would say, if it wasn't for the weird caveats, we're, we're knocking at the door. Five years, clearly. Well, he's not likely. I understand, and Von Miller's not likely to play six years. That's not the point. That's not the point. If, if <laughs> Can you imagine if I said, I'll buy a Von Miller jersey if that old man was able to get any more than five years, and he gets a six-year deal, and somebody comes out, and they're like, yeah, but he's probably only going to play four of those. It doesn't matter. That's not the point. That's not what I said. That's not what anybody said. 
Five-year, $42.7 million, full term of the contract. The question is, what is team-friendly? Again, cap hit has nothing to do with team-friendly. That's just how the Packers moved and shift the money around. The question is, how much money per year is he going to get? And, 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 and believe me, there, there is a possibility that the entire intention of the Packers and Aaron Rodgers is to make this a three-year, $150 million deal. In other words, how can we get Aaron Rodgers $50 million a year without making it look like $50 million a year? And this is the structure they came up with. I, you know, we, we can come up with all kinds of conspiracy theories and, and, and whatever. But again, I'm just looking at what is. If we look at new money, which actually probably makes even more sense because what did he sign? He didn't really sign a new contract. He signed an extension. Well, it'd be a three-year, $44.5 million contract. The question is, what is team-friendly? Some people in their mind are like, well, anything, you know, 35 would be team-friendly. Team-friendly, as I said, was taking less than you're worth. Now, there's got to be a line somewhere because let's, first of all, we would have to assume he's worth 50, which I think is fair. I think we can argue that he's worth 50 based on an MVP for performance. So is 49 and a half team-friendly? No. Is 49? No. 48, 47, 46, 45. At what point does it become team-friendly? I would have to say under 45, if you're worth 50, is probably team-friendly. I mean, it's not $22 million a year, but you're choosing to take less than you're worth, and, and $5 million per year less than what you're worth is significant. And five years, three-year extension, five years total is long-term. The, the only problem is the caveat, and that is that this is a contract that is, str- that is clearly built on the expectation that he's not going to finish the contract. And there are two kind of iffy years. And so, again, that's why Ian Rappaport gets a half credit, because it may end up being three years, 150. And again, it's different than Von Miller, because, you know, Von Miller isn't likely to play all six years. But if you look at Von Miller's contract structure, it's not built like Aaron Rodgers' structure. It's not built to the point where we're we're basically pointing at year two, year three saying this is pretty much it. If it's not this, then we, we got to figure something out. Although again, a lot of contracts are kind of built that way. In fact, let me look at Von Miller's. Even Von Miller's contract, when I his last contract with Denver, I remember looking at it going, he ain't playing the final year because there's no, it went up to something stupid like $50 million. And I'm like, that ain't going to ever happen. And it didn't. All right. They don't, they don't have it here. Let me check. They don't have it here either. Who would be another example? Let, let's look at Preston. Now see, Preston, Preston's fine all the way through. His cap number is 11, 13, 14, 15, and 16. None of that is unreasonable. So that doesn't, whatever. You, you know what I'm saying. Aaron Jones, in total, his contract is five years. I don't remember what his extension was, one or two years, whatever. Five years with one void year. But again, in 2023, we're at $20 million. Is he going to play $20 million against the cap? No. Does that mean he's gone? Not necessarily. They can restructure it or whatever. Maybe they will, maybe they won't. I don't know. Now we're talking about putting more money in his pocket and keeping him around for even longer. Now we're kind of doubling down on the don't pay running backs thing. So my thought is maybe we just move on. I don't, you know. But again, the point is you look at his contract and nobody's saying, oh yeah, it's, it's, it's a five-year or it's actually four because there's two void years. So it's a, it's a four-year deal and he'll, he'll play all four years for sure. And, and then, then you take on a, a cap hit afterwards. Just, it's very straightforward. No, it's not. No, it's not. I'm positive he will not count $20 million against the cap. I don't know exactly how they're going to handle that, whether they Zadarius Smith him or whether they Preston Smith him. I don't know. But they're not taking a $20 million cap hit. So again, the contract isn't what the contract is. We know that. And for that reason, we don't call it a two-year, you know, based on how they handled Aaron Rodgers thing, which is to count his cash, which again is, is kind of a weird thing. But it's a two-year, $19.9 million deal that he got 
it was reported as a four-year $48 million, but he's probably not going to play in 2023. So we'll count the two years that he's going to play and the cash in his pocket at that point. So it's a two-year $19.9 million deal is what Aaron Jones got. And then the Packers are going to take on a dead cap hit of about $9.5 million in 2023. Because that's how they reported Aaron Rodgers' contract. You see what I'm saying? It, it's They reported his as likely to be. And again, although I get it, they don't do that with anybody else, even though some people's contracts you can look at and go, that ain't going to happen. So I don't know. I, I, I guess I'm kind of torn on it. I'm leaning toward no, no jersey because I, well, because I don't want one. But it, you can make a case for it. You absolutely can. Um, obviously, a lot of people are going to argue that there's no way because it's a three-year $150 million, which is $50 million per year, and three years isn't very long-term anyways. I don't know, man. And I don't want to say let's wait and see how it goes. Because I'm not going to wait three years until Rodgers leaves and then go buy a Rodgers jersey. Maybe, maybe I'll be all sentimental and I'll be willing to do it at that point. Plus, I'll forget, but I'm sure some of you psychopaths will remind me. But here's the deal, man, because we, we got to take a break here. Aaron Rodgers is back, and he's not expensive. And as much as I really don't want to be, and I don't like the sort of, um, who cares, let the team figure it out. Dude, this is a podcast. Saw somebody on Twitter say, I hate when people speculate. And it's funny because his very next tweet was guessing as to why Zadarius did what he did or whatever. It's like, you're ridiculous. He said he was mad at like bloggers and, and um, podcasters and whatnot, pretending they know what they're talking about. That's literally our entire job is to pretend we, pretend we know what we're talking about. It's also Brian Gutekunst's job is to pretend he knows what he's talking about because he doesn't know. When he goes into the draft, his job is to pretend he knows who the best guy is and then pick that guy. He doesn't know. He's, he's guessing. And we're all guessing. And you're guessing. Like when you were guessing about Zadarius Smith and why he chose to do what he's doing, or Preston, whoever it was. It's what we all do. So I get annoyed with the whole, like, don't worry about it. Don't speculate. Just let the team worry about it. No, I literally have a podcast. I need to worry about it. I need to talk about it. That's what I do here. But on this issue, there is no conclusion. There is no, there's nothing that I can wrap up and say, here it is. I can't even give you my opinion. I mean, I can, but I don't have one because I don't know. And we'll have to kind of just wait and find out. That's the reality. We have to wait and find out. The team is going to have to wait and find out. Again, I can't give you any clarity because even Aaron Rodgers and the team don't know. They don't know how long he's going to play. And they've built this structure as best they can to protect themselves in terms of how can we bring him back and have a contract that allows him the ability to play with us for a very long time if he chooses, but also puts us in a situation where we can move on, not we move on, but he can move on and we're not completely doomed. And again, I guarantee you there's a phase two to this plan, depending on when he leaves. I mean, if if he leaves at a certain point, and maybe that's why people are pointing at a couple years, like year three or whatever, because that's the point in which there's the least pain for Rodgers and the team, but that's ignoring the fact that there's probably a phase two to this plan, and I have no idea what that phase two would be. And I don't need to worry about it because three years is a long way away. And that's the exciting thing about it. We shouldn't be fighting with each other. We shouldn't be fighting. You know who we should be laughing at? Bears fans. They're so screwed. And Vikings fans and Lions fans. They're screwed. And and Bears fans are hilarious right now. And I haven't seen Vikings and Lions fans do this, which is why I'm primarily picking on Bears fans. But they are trying so desperately to make this a positive. They're so happy Rodgers is back. They're so happy Preston is back. And I promise you they're going to be so happy when Devontae comes back. 
No, I don't know that either, but I'm thinking it's probably going to happen. They're going to be so happy that we get all these guys back. By the way, they're so happy Danny Trevathan is gone, which is news that came out recently. They're so happy Khalil Mack is gone because it was a necessary move. They're so happy that um, that Eddie Goldman is gone. The, these are just brilliant moves that they're making. They're so happy that they overpaid that worthless uh, Larry Ogunjo. That's not fair. That's not very nice. But they're so happy that they overpaid the worthless Larry Ogunjobi. These are just, these are great things because although, yeah, we're going to suck and, and although Justin Fields, even if he's good, has nothing to play with and they're going to be terrible, um, even though we are just tearing our team down to nothingness and the Packers are, are running this thing back once again, we're going to pretend as, as hard as we possibly can. We're squeezing our eyes so tight and playing in, in fantasy land that this is brilliant and wonderful and the Bears are doing so great, and the Packers are so terrible, and in reality, they know what's coming. They know that at least there's two more years of the Packers just embarrassing the Bears. And that really sucks for them, because as much as they can say, well, we're waiting it out, you know, pretty soon, pretty soon. That's, we're talking three years of Justin Fields' career. That's not a minor thing. He's got four years and a fifth-year option before he's going to be looking for a contract. And right now, the only thing Bears fans are hanging their hat on is we like this GM, although I guarantee you, and I, I should be checking out some of these YouTube channels to find out what they're saying, we may have to do an, our first off-season laughing at the enemy. I, I'm, I'm going to do some perusing today, if I can remember, and see if I can find out what they're saying, because there has to be a couple Bears fans that are living in reality. There have to be a couple that are looking at some of these moves and going, what? There has to be somebody living in reality saying, we are going into the dumpster, and the Packers are running it back, and that sucks. Even if it's necessary, it sucks. But the best thing they can say, and, and the funny thing about it is, they're saying, ha ha, you guys are doomed in a couple years, but they've been saying that for five years now. Pretty soon Rodgers is gone, then you're screwed, ha ha. Next year, well, pretty soon Rodgers is gone, then you're in trouble. The next year, well, he's probably going to quit any day now, and then you're in trouble. And all last year, and again, I told you, let them think it, because it's just going to hurt more when they find out it's not true. Because it really was not going to be, there, there was a brief window where it was like, crap, this might actually be true. And then it became not true with clarity by what, November probably? And again, don't tell them, don't tell them, because they're just going to be crushed. Literally, I mean, not just Bears fans, everybody, everybody. You got Broncos fans were 100% sure Rodgers was going to Denver. And it's like, you guys are stupid because he's not leaving Green Bay. Everybody. I mean, it just anybody that wasn't even, I mean, even Packer fans that aren't super plugged in and are just kind of, you know, they, like they watch the games and that's it. They were pretty sure that he was done. And I'm like, I don't think so. Really? You think he's coming back? Like, I mean, that's the deep pushing buttons over here. He is coming back. I'm flailing my hands so much. I'm smacking my keyboard and stopping my podcast. He is coming back. The crazy thing would be if he decides to leave. But again, it's the whole media spin thing where they've got this narrative based on last offseason, which again, got all the clicks and everything else. I haven't even taken a break yet. We're 41 minutes in. But again, the, the problem is for Bears fans and Vikings and Lions and everybody that just gen generally, genuinely dislikes the Packers is we're kind of just, we're not just running back the team. We're running back the narrative of, well, I mean, in two years, he's probably gone which I said two years ago, and I hope this time it's true because I can't take another 30 freaking years of this. <laughs> it's been 30 years. 
tired of this team. I will say this. There was one instance, and there was at least one human being on planet Earth I do genuinely feel bad for. And I hate to get morbid here, but I'm going to do it. There was a video I saw on social media of, I think it was a Bears fan, and the guy was like 95 years old or something. And his kid, grandkid, whatever, told him, Aaron Rodgers just signed an extension. And the guy was like, oh, crap. (laughs) And I don't probably need to elaborate, but it's pretty unfortunate because the guy's been a Bear fan for, I mean, very long time, since the inception of the team or whatever. I I don't know how long he's been a Bears fan. And, you know... It's, it's something that I think about, too, is, let's say Rodgers leaves, am I going to see, I mean, I guess if I live 50 more years, it's unlikely there's 50 years of being bad, but you, you kind of worry about that a little bit. Like, is there going to be a period where, like, I, I just, you're never going to see your team be good again? Anyways, again, we'll get off the topic, but that was the one guy on earth that I looked at and said, ah, for his sake, it would have been better, and I feel bad for that guy. Although, who knows, he'll be 103 years old, he'll watch, he'll, he'll see the Bears do good again, he'll be fine. He's fine. <laughs> Saved it. All right. I guess we'll take a break because I, I'm, we're, we're doing fine on actual time on my end, so it'll be kind of a longer episode, I guess. I don't, I don't have too much more to say, but we should take a break anyways. I'll find stuff to say. By the way, uh, feel free to reach out. I will probably post this in the Patreon as well, but feel free to reach out and let me know your thoughts on should I be buying a jersey and make your case for it. Is this a long-term cap, or not cap-friendly, team-friendly deal? And understand, his cap hit this year means zero. It really doesn't mean any because that's not up to Rod- Rodgers didn't sign our cap hit. He didn't decide our cap hit. He signed a contract, and the Packers choose how the cap is stressed on each year. So $28 million, Rodgers never saw a number that included $28 million. He never saw that. That has nothing to do with him. So make a case that doesn't involve the cap hit. Make a case based on the contract that he signed. Um, anywho... Make sure you head over to the Facebook group. Check out Jamie and Carter's uh, GoFundMe. It's been five days since there's been any kind of a donation. We've we've done a great job. Uh, $8,560 raised. I would like to close this one out. Um, I know this is a terrible time to ask for money, even for really good causes, because things are very, very tough. And it sounds like they're just going to get worse. Gas prices are kind of inching down a little bit, but now there's concern about um, issues with food that go beyond gas prices, um, something about Ukraine being a major producer of food and whatnot, plus China is going into full lockdown mode because coronavirus is ravaging them, which the rest of the world outside of the United States is kind of um, getting hammered right now, which leads me to believe that we're going to end up seeing another spike at some point, which can we just stop paying it, stop recording it? Like, if, if or, or, do we have to freak out every time that cold season runs through again because that's what covid is right now basically is is cold season but anyways china is being ravaged so they're shutting everything down so iphones and everything else that they provide to us which is a lot um that's all coming to a screeching halt as are a bunch of other countries that are freaking out because they're getting smashed by covid so food prices are expected to take another spike and all this crap things suck right now and i'm sorry that they suck fingers crossed that gas prices don't spike again and that they kind of stay just, just, I'm, I'm fine. Right now in Madison, it just went below four bucks a gallon. And, and where I live, it's above four bucks. But if we can just hover in that four, I'll survive. I think most of us will, it sucks, but it's like, just don't go up more, please. And I know people in California are like, dude, you just shut your mouth right now. <laughs> hey, I didn't choose to live there. All right. That was your bad. Don't ask me to feel sorry for you. But, um, 
if there's any way, if if you're doing all right and uh, if you're not too worried about the future and financially you're doing good, um, again, there are people that are struggling much worse than with gas prices. Um, if you're new to the program, Jamie Weekly and her one-year-old middle child Carter were struck head-on by another vehicle that crossed over their lane on Highway 20. Both were airlifted to Iowa City with major injuries. We've been trying to get them up to their $10,000 goal. A listener to this program, Cody, um, who's a, a fan of the show and a Packer fan, um, I believe this has been a couple weeks removed now, but I believe this is Cody's fiance, Jamie. I'm not positive. Sounds terrible now that I don't even know what I'm talking about anymore, but I got to hurry up and not go check uh, the messages. But a very close relation to Cody um, to have them airlifted and um, struggling in the hospital. Again, much more serious than anything you and I are going through probably. I don't know. So if we can try to dig deep a little bit, and any little bit counts. Again, if everybody listening to this gave $1, we're beyond the goal of 10000 So that would be fantastic. In addition, it has been 11 days since anybody has given to Drew. Drew is trying to raise money. He was diagnosed with epilepsy, uh, generalized tonic-clonic, which are the seizures where I lose consciousness and convulse severely. Um, he is looking to get a seizure service dog to help him with that. And we've been trying to raise money. He's able to to get grants and other things to kind of bring the price down, but it's still extremely expensive. Seven thousand four hundred ninety dollars to get him a dog. We are at three thousand six ninety two. So we've got quite a ways to go. And so again, if there's if there's a dollar, two dollars, whatever it is you can give, that would be greatly appreciated. Finally, make sure you head over to a modern frontier where you can buy yourself some meat, get uh, packages delivered directly to your door. That is one way to kind of keep food costs down. Although meat is generally a more pricey thing. Um, if you want to slow the cost of inflation, because you know we're not talking about from coming from other countries, we're not talking about things that come from other states that have to be driven on trucks, which is calculated by gas prices. If you're talking about local farms and local farmers, although they are seeing price hikes as well with things, generally there's less of that. There's less involvement in other people, which means their price hikes are not brought on to to you. And then, you know, you know, it goes to a grocery store and they add on their thing and everything else. So there's less of a spike in price when you're dealing with local farms. And that's what my friend Adam is doing at modernfrontier.com. He's working with a local farm, getting their meat and sending it out to, um, to us. And again, he's broken down what you generally get. So I've been wanting to buy meat in bulk for a long time, but it's like a thousand dollar commitment. If you you know, get the cow and you get like a quarter cow and it's got to go to the processor and all these fees and everything else, um, you can get an eighth for significantly less than than that. I mean, it's not even 500. It's it's about half of that. Also, use promo code MEATPACKER, one word, all caps, and you get $25 off your order. He can't ship everywhere in the world or even everywhere in the country. So if you want, send him a message and just see if he can deliver to you. He will get back to you um, as soon as he can. But we'll take a break and we'll be right back. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. 
Now when I buy slab packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So, um, interesting news as of yesterday, we obviously talked about two days ago, but um, Razul Douglas, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Kevin King, Tyler Lancaster, Whitney Merciless, Dennis Kelly, Robert Tunyon, Corey Bohorquez, Equinemia St. Brown, Alan Lazard, uh, Chandon Sullivan, Oren Burks, and Lucas Patrick were all declared um, free agents, uh, with Alan Lazard being a restricted free agent. Um, Of those people... Alan Lazard did get the second round tender, as I had mentioned that he probably would, because that was, I mean, kind of kind of a no-brainer. Other than that, nothing. Um, there is word that they will not be bringing back Corey Bohorquez, which probably will surprise many people. But as I said, I don't think he's as good as a lot of people are making him out to be. I started talking about that about mid-season. And again, everybody was was talking it up and yucking it up about how so glad that Scott is gone and Bohorquez is so much better. And I'm looking at it going, I don't know that he is. In fact, he ended the season worse than the last time we had our punter. So um, that definitely sucks, especially considering we gave up draft capital for Corey Bohorquez. But, you know, you can't be mad at the team who had a terrible special teams for trying. I mean, you can, you can, you can be mad at them for failing, but, <laughs> but at least they're trying, which is better than what the Packers generally do when it comes to special teams. Just maybe next time they can try and, and, and do better. Um, I, I don't know for sure that he's 100% gone, I, but I did see, I think it was Silverstein Stein saying that um, they're planning on looking elsewhere for a punter. Now, the, the other interesting thing about it is the Rams actually cut Hecker, which was the guy they chose to keep over Corey Bohorquez. So of the, it, it was reported last year that they had two of the top punters in football. We ended up getting one of them, and both of them ended up getting, getting let go. Probably for different reasons, but it doesn't matter. But um, otherwise, I have not heard anything about most of these guys in terms of them potentially coming back. Um, the Bears did sign Lucas Patrick, which is, I mean, it's a good signing for them. They they lost uh, James Daniels. I don't know that Lucas Patrick is much of an upgrade over James Daniels. It's probably somewhat of a lateral move, and it's probably significantly cheaper than what James Daniels would have been asking for. But we know Lucas Patrick is also not an elite football player. He's kind of a, a, a quality, decent stand-in, I guess. I don't know. Um, Oren Burks did end up signing with the San Francisco 49ers. I don't think anybody's super crying about that one. Um, we will be crying if he ends up being successful out there. But otherwise, I don't think anyone's super worried about that. And in reality, as much as I'm sure the Packers would love to bring some of these guys back, like Robert Tunyon, I'm sure would be a big one. 
Um, you know, Razul, apparently they're still working with uh, to try to get something worked out. I don't really know how realistic any of that is. The fact of the matter is, I don't think we're doing very well as far as the cap is concerned. Um, my understanding is that, first of all, Randall Cobb took a pay cut to stay with the Green Bay Packers. As far as I know, it was just a straight up pay cut, which is pretty huge. Um, he accepted a $5.37 million pay cut with the Packers, which that part does make sense to me. And it, it does make me a little bit, I, I shouldn't say happy because it's, it sucks for, for Randall to just say, all right, I'll, I'll take a pay cut to stay. But in reality, what it means is the Packers were not going to just keep him for Aaron Rodgers sake. They went to Randall and said, look, we can't keep you. In other words, they were going to cut Randall Cobb and, um, offered him the opportunity to take a pay cut, which again, it, it puts the Packers in a no-win situation because if you go to them and you say, take a pay cut or we're cutting you, you're seen as the bad guys. How dare you? But if you cut them and you don't give them the option, then you're seen as the bad guy. And I've given examples of that for the Packers for different guys. Right? They offered Jordy Nelson a really low offer to get him to stay, and that was seen as insulting. How dare you? But other guys... we've seen that have left have said, I would have taken a pay cut and they didn't even give me the opportunity. So then they're the bad guy. So if you offer too little money, you're a jerk because you're being stingy. If you don't offer anything, you're a jerk for not at least trying. So it's, it's kind of stupid. And it's people that just want to be mad at the Packers for not, for, for not being nice. But, um, again, in this case, you should always offer it. And, And in this case, they basically went to Randall and said, there's no possible way under your current contract, we can keep you. We would be okay with keeping you but only for this much. And they weren't willing to work out kind of a restructured contract because that would mean that he's going to get more money in his pocket and probably that he's going to have to be you know, under contract for longer. We're going to have to do this again next year. And the fact of the matter is the Packers are just 100% kind of, kind of over it. And they don't want to be stuck with Randall next year as well as this year. I hate to put it that way, but that's, you know, next year it's kind of like, you know, we, again, we're in this spot again and we, we don't want to be. So we're not going to restructure anything. We're not going to extend you. We're going to cut you unless you just take a flat out pay cut. And he said, okay. And he said, okay, because Randall Cobb is, I don't even think it's because he doesn't have options. I think if he went out there, he would have been able to, to make probably at least more money than he's getting with Green Bay this year. I just think he wants to be here. I think he wants to finish his, his career as a Packer. He wants to be with Aaron Rodgers. He wants to go and make this run again with the Packers. It just means a lot to him. And, and for that reason alone, if I'm buying anybody's jersey, it should be a Randall Cobb jersey, if I'm being honest. Certainly not based on performance, but just as far as a guy that is a Packer through and through, that loves being a Packer, that's choosing to be here, that did take a pay cut to be here. It's Randall Cobb. He, I mean, he's the guy that we're all looking for. None of us want to talk about it because he's not a major impact player. But when we talk about, you know, like the, the, the Packer fan that, or the, the Packer that we all want, it's Randall Cobb, who just gives 110% and just wants to be here. Just loves the place, loves the fans, loves the team, willing to sacrifice himself and in his lifestyle and his livelihood and everything else uh, for this team. It's, that's, that's Randall. That's who we're talking about. So I'm not buying a jersey, but I'm just saying. So um, big props to Mr. Randall Cobb for, for helping us out with that. Also, the other thing that helped us to get under the contract is apparently Devondre Campbell's deal was not submitted to the league, which means technically he's not a Packer right now. So there must have been an airtight, you know, blood handshake or something to to make sure that he isn't going to skate out on us. Like this is this is a a deal signed with your children as a contingency that you will be playing with the Packers. Um, 
and that's just to get us under, which means there's, there's going to have to be some more work that has to be done because we, we can't just, you know, have Devondre on a promise forever. So there's going to be some more work to be done, you know, Adrian Amos and a few other pieces. Um, that's before we can even submit Devondre so that we can get Devondre on the team and even think about bringing back some of these other guys like Robert Tunyon, who probably just isn't coming back, or Tyler Lancaster, Kevin King, MV, oh, MVS is gone, but Razul, whatever. So the point is, we're, we're pretty far away from even thinking about bringing other guys on, although we probably will at some point, but there's just there's work that has to be done first. And now that we're in the new league year, there's no more of this, well, let's just go $10 million under and then we'll figure it out. You can't be under anymore. There's no more doing that. If, if you're going to submit a move to the league, you have to be able to balance your sheet. And so now is when you have to be more responsible. And, and I, let, let's be very clear that the biggest thing that would really help the team is a Devante uh, contract, which again, I'm still relatively uh, optimistic about. It's interesting because there's, there's differing thoughts on this. In fact, you'd almost say contradiction, but I don't know exactly the timeline, but, but you had these reports come kind of near to each other. But um, apparently, according to Tom Pelissero, the Packers offered Devontae a deal that would easily make him the highest paid wide receiver in history, but there are still fundamental differences between the two sides on length and structure. And this is seen generally as a positive development. But then you had um, Ian Rappaport talk to Rich Eisen on, on the same day, which, you know, again, I don't know if these are conflicting reports or maybe one bit of news came out before the other. I don't really know. But here is Ian Rappaport kind of phrasing this uh, situation for... I don't know. Everybody. <laughs> Everything well, just done. Um, so what does this mean for Devontae Adams now that you've seen the numbers for uh, Rodgers? What do you think? Uh, you know, I would say it's still difficult to get a deal done. And I guess anything is possible, but um, it's hard. It's hard to get a deal done. I know that they're at a point now with the money where I don't know where it goes, honestly. Um, he has not... They are nowhere on the negotiations. I know that they offered him a big deal, but um, you know it was not it was not highest paid um, receiver in the NFL money. It was not more than DeAndre Hopkins. It was not where he needed to be. So he has not he has not engaged with them. And you know, could they get a deal done? I guess anything is possible. I don't see how. And he has told them that he is not going to play, not going to play for the franchise tag. All right, good enough. So I, I think part of the confusion is when we say highest paid, um, DeAndre Hopkins kind of throws a wrench in all this because, again, NFL contracts are stupid because what he did is he signed a two-year extension worth $54.5 million in new money. If you take 54.5 and you divide it by two, you get 27-some-odd million. The, the, the problem with that is when he got traded to the Cardinals – there wasn't very much money left on his contract. So he was getting sort of pennies. So what they were able to do is give him this supposedly massive two-year extension worth $27 million, but all they did is they spread it out over the total five years. And it really is just a reasonable... Con- if you look at the totality of the contract, this is what the Cardinals are going to be paying him. If I have 60,000 tabs open right now. Um, essentially what they're giving him, go back to the contract... It's a five-year contract, right? That's what it is as of 2020. Five-year contract, $94.4 million, which comes out to $18.8 million per year. So 
all they really did was kind of backfill the fact that they were massively underpaying him and added two years of, you know, reasonable money. But it's such a rare situation. Very rarely do you get a top-end guy that you got from the Texans in a fire sale, and you're paying him way too little money. And so you're, you're essentially doing two things. You're giving him an extension, but you're also backfilling a little bit of that money that you're just, you're just not really paying very much. And so again, by, by the end of this contract, we're looking at an $18 million per year deal. That's what the team is actually paying DeAndre Hopkins on a per year basis. It's not $27 million a year. And so if he's saying, I want $27 million a year, which, I mean, granted, you want more than what the last guy got, but nobody's got $27 million a year at wide receiver. So again, if the only thing DeAndre Hopkins, the only list that DeAndre Hopkins is at the top of, well, there's two. There's the signing bonus. DeAndre Hopkins got a $27.5 million signing bonus. And contract average per year, 27.25. But again, that's, that's over two years, and it was spread out over five going backwards. The next highest is Julio Jones at $22 million. Julio Jones signed a three-year, $66 million contract, and he signed that with the Falcons, and the Titans ended up taking that on, et cetera, et cetera. But that, that was, as best as I can tell, a real contract and a real contract extension. So if you say, okay, well, he's clearly better than Julio. If they offered him genuinely $25 million per year, that is way higher then it's $3 million. We're not talking about a million or $2 million high. $3 million higher than Julio Jones got. That is, that is high. It really is. And you say, well, I'm, I'm the best wide receiver. I know. That's why we offered you 25. If you're looking at 30, I mean, come on, man. Come on. And, and I, I, honest question, I don't, know, I don't know what the highest offer he would get is. I mean, again, I, clearly Julio is a, I mean, a, a different guy, especially at this point in his career. Maybe peak Julio would have gotten significantly more than this fine. But And granted, there are some crazy contracts being thrown around right now. So, you know, whatever. I mean, Chris Godwin just got 20. He just signed a three-year $60 million contract with Tampa. So that's pretty severe. But again, even with that, if you say Chris Godwin's 20, so Devontae's 25-ish, I, that feels right to me. Now, there was a report that the Packers offered like 23, 23 and a half or whatever. I could understand them, him turning that down, but I don't think they should be that far off. And, and you know, again, according to reports that who knows if they're true or not, it has to do with the length and all these different. And, and again, that makes sense because you can kind of tweak numbers all kinds of ways. I, I'll, I'll stand on the fact, though, that if, if Devontae saying, hey, 27 was the highest, I want 27, there's just no chance. Because again, the 27 was always kind of fake. Wide receiver, the wide receiver market has not gotten, it, it, it hasn't even gotten to 25 yet. Legitimately, it has not gotten to 25 yet. So I don't, I don't really know. Um, I, I think if the Packers are able to get to 25, and I don't know that they are, but if they're able to get to 25, and I think that that's the, the distinction, right? Because according to Pelissero, apparently, this must have been in a podcast or something because I can't find the tweet, but I've seen other people reference it. Um, according to Pelissero, the Packers offered him the highest uh, average of anybody. According to Ian Rappaport, they did not. It's, potential, it's, it's possible that they're just, the distinction is DeAndre Hopkins. Pelissero is saying it was the highest offer, not including DeAndre Hopkins, because that's fake. And Ian is saying it's not the highest because DeAndre was higher. Because there's all different ways that you can call somebody the highest paid. Could be total, could be guarantees, could be average per year. And then average per year depends on whether or not you want to take uh, DeAndre with a grain of salt or whatever. You probably just strike that off the record. So I, I don't know. To me, it, it seems like something that'll probably get done. I, I, I still am relatively optimistic. Um, 
I, I think the challenge really has less to do with the money we have now, because again, this will bring our cap hit down. We can figure it out. The, the problem is in the future, when you're looking at David Bakhtiari, when you're looking at Jair Alexander, when you're looking at Kenny Clark, when you're looking at Aaron Rodgers, when you're looking at all these really expensive contracts kind of colliding, uh, we're going to have to pay Rashawn, we're going to have to pay Elton Jenkins, we're going to have to pay all these guys on top of all the other contracts that are really, really high already, top of market contracts, they're not all going to fit, even with a salary cap spike. So, so the Packers don't have a lot of wiggle room to make everything kind of, to navigate all that. And so how much to offer is, is, is part of the complication, but also how to structure it becomes complicated. And I'm sure the Packers need as much wiggle room as possible. And Devontae wants the team to have very little wiggle room because the only thing they're wiggling out of is paying Devontae. And that's what Devontae is trying to get like, no, you're going to pay me money. Lots of it. And it's going to be guaranteed money. And, and, you know, I mean, if just for example, if it's fully guaranteed money, there is zero flexibility. That's the point of fully guaranteed. There's no flexibility. And the Packers need that because I don't think there's any way they can pay everybody. So there has to be ways for the team to say, you know, this guy gets an extension so we can get out of it. This guy gets cut or traded or whatever. We need to be able to move on or move away or shift in some kind of a way to kind of push an angle and swerve around some of these contracts because they're just, they're, again, there's a lot of big contracts and some of them have not even fully hit yet. We got David Bakhtiari, a massive contract, but we haven't seen the spike yet, right? Because the first usually two years are really low and then it spikes. Those spikes are coming and, and now we're going to add another one that's about to spike while all these other contracts, it's just, it's, it's really hard to navigate. And, you know, there's always like a plan B, but then you got to like match up all the plan Bs. Like what if, what if we hit plan B on Devante, but that collides with, with plan C of David Bakhtiari. And it's just this big, massive, like, dude, there's so much. And Devante and his agent are coming like, this is what I want. It's like, you don't understand, man. You don't know what we're working with here. Like, you got to work with me. We, we, what, what if this, it's not my problem. Yeah, but come on, man, just work with me. So it's going to be complex, but you look at what they worked out with Aaron Rodgers, and again, the complexity of that is just insane. And I don't, I don't think that the final number is going to be that big of a deal. I, I, I would be willing to bet, you know, you got people talking about $30 million for Devontae. I, I don't see how that's possible. Again, the, the highest right now is not 27. It's, what did I say, 22? We're going to jump from 22 to 30? Really? That's, that's not a thing that's ever happened. In fact, nobody outside of a quarterback has hit 30. TJ Watt is at $28 million. That's a pass rusher, dude. Pass rushers are, I'm sorry, significantly more. Um, so, so you've got all quarterbacks. Then at 12, you have TJ Watt, who's a pass rusher at 28. Then you have Jimmy Garoppolo at 27. Then you have wide receiver with his fake contract. That doesn't count. Quarterback. Joey Bosa's at 27. Quarterback, quarterback, quarterback. Miles Garrett at 25. Max Crosby at 23 and a half. Khalil Mack at 23 and a half. Then you got offensive linemen, which again, left tackles more important than wide receivers. David Bakhtiari just hit 23. Trent Williams just hit 23. You have Aaron Donald at 22 and a half. That was a couple years ago, but still. You have Laramie Tunsil left tackle, 22. Pa- uh, well, defensive tackle Leonard Williams, 21. DeForest Buckner, again, pass rushing defensive tackle, 21. Frank Clark, uh, pass rusher, 20.8. Then wide rec- the highest paid player outside of a pass rusher and a tackle is a wide receiver by the name of Devontae Adams <laughs> at 20.145. Then he's going to be the highest paid again. But it ain't going to be freaking 30. In fact, I don't know how he even leapfrogs David Bakhtiari. How in the world 
Does he get a higher contract than $23 million David Bakhtiari? He probably will, but that's crazy. I think we're just kind of, we're, we're, we're confused about this, myself included, until you actually look at the numbers and it's like 27, 30 is so stupid, it's beyond stupid. I mean, it, it, it's just, it's stupid beyond stupid. 28 is stupid. 27 is stupid. 25 is freaking crazy for a wide receiver. But if anyone's going to get it, it's going to be Devon, but not a penny, not a penny more than 25. I don't see any way in the world. Again, Joey Bosa and TJ Watt are the only human beings that are not quarterbacks making more than 25. Miles freaking Garrett gets $25 million a year. You tell me with a straight face right now that Devontae Adams is more valuable than Miles Garrett. There isn't a team on planet Earth that if they had to choose, all things being equal, Miles Garrett or Devontae Adams, not one single team on planet Earth has taken Devontae Adams. But yet he's going to get 28 and Miles Garrett gets 25. TJ Watt got 28. Same question. Not a single, not a single team on planet freaking Earth is taking Devontae Adams over TJ Watt. The Packers today, if, if the Pittsburgh Steelers said, I'll tell you what, I'll give you TJ Watt for Devontae straight up. First of all, they, they would probably pause because they would assume they're getting pranked. But once the shock, you know, kind of wore off, done deal. Done freaking deal. Like, just done, 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 done. And granted, he signed that last year, so maybe this year if T.J. Watt signs it, it's 30. But I'm still, you can't put a wide receiver in that category. I mean, I showed you how far down the list Devontae was, the next highest paid wide receiver. And again, DeAndre's a fake contract. That doesn't count. So, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I'm still relatively um, optimistic about this. I mean, they have to get something done, and something done that's kind of drastic. And I, again, I don't think Jair is going to be that thing. Maybe it is. But I, I tend to think it's going to be Devontae. I know they're pretty far off, and there's a ton of stuff that they got to work through and figure out. Um, but I, I can't, I, I don't think it's true that Devontae's holding out for more than 27 because that's what DeAndre got. Because again, I don't think there's a team in the end. I don't know that there's a single team that's going to pay him 28. I really don't. And I know that's probably not a super popular opinion because Packer fans are like, oh, he's, he's worth 30 all day, and somebody will give him that. I don't think so, dude. I don't think so. I don't think anyone, I, the market just isn't there. It's just, it, I just don't think the market for wide receiver is there. I, I think 25 is the new, like, holy cow number. And, Devon, and, and DeAndre Hopkins just completely destroyed our perception of what the wide receiver market is. And again, that's, that's, that's understanding. That's fully, fully understanding that the wide receiver market, and, and most of these markets have gone crazy. Right, Godwin got twenty. That's that's a pretty big deal because it was just Devontae who broke, you know, the, the mold with twenty. But again, I, I think twenty-five kind of fits fits everything. And that's a ma- again, that's a massive jump. Julio just got I mean, just recently got twenty-two. Three million dollar jump is a massive jump. So um I don't know. We'll 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 see what it is. But um if 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 Devontae does not play here, and and that's the thing that really scares me. If if Devontae goes somewhere else. He'll end up getting 24, 25, and everyone's going to lose their mind saying, you couldn't pay him that? Because they're going to see that as a really cheap contract. How dare you not give him a cheap, it's not a cheap contract. It's a massive contract. It's highest wide receiver money in in football contract. But again, I don't think that's going to happen. I think they'll figure it out. I don't know. We'll see. Anywho, um, last final thing, uh, Mr. Zadarius Smith did end up going back to Baltimore, which we speculated may happen. There were rumors and rumblings about that happening. Um... Kind of similarly, some people are upset because the contract was cheap and they're thinking, well, why 
couldn't you have given him that cheap amount of money? Well, because first of all, we would have had to have cut him first, which we did. And then on top of the dead cap hit, re-signed him to a really cheap... The bottom line is it just, it wasn't going to be a feasible thing. And for everybody saying that, you know, the salary cap isn't real, well, it is. That's why Zadarius isn't on the team anymore, because the salary cap is real, as are the implications of the salary cap and the decisions we make therein. If it wasn't real, Zadarius would still be a Packer. However, the other thing to keep in mind is, look at what his contract was. He signed a $16.5 million deal. And that's, I mean, that's the big picture view with a $20 million signing bonus. And what are the guarantees? Do we even know? I don't know. Um, I believe the contract can also be more. I, there was, there was some, there's other details to this. I don't really know. I'm sorry. It's a, it's a four-year, $35 million deal with a max value of $50 million. That's what I was trying to find. I don't know where the heck they got 66 from. That's what I'm saying. I mean, these, these, even these websites are, you got to take everything with a grain of salt. This one, I picked the wrong one. Over the cap says four-year, $66 million. Oh, that was with the Packers. Stupid. That's why. That was the $16.5 million deal. They didn't even update the Baltimore Ravens thing. This is a four-year, $35 million contract with a potential of $50 million. I'm guessing there's, you know, a lot of incentive base. But the point is, what, what does that tell you? It tells you that our perception that this is an elite, you know, pro bowl, which doesn't really mean anything, but I'm trying to think of other ways to describe him. In other words, 2019 Zadarius just is Zadarius, is not the perception of anybody. 29 years old, coming off an injury, 2020 was not nearly as good as 2019. And prior to 2019, you know, not that great. Now, he's still a great football player, but this is this is a borderline insulting contract. This is a contract of a guy that is, um, I don't even know how to put this. At its current value, we're talking about $8.75 million per year. His value dropped like $8 million from several years ago when we signed him. As the, as the value of contracts is going up, which means this is like a, what, $12 million, $13 million cap decrease or, or salary decrease for him, adjusting for inflation. It's like the equivalent of if, if we had signed him before to $5 million. Either Zadarius just said, I'm playing for Baltimore and nobody, and there's people throwing, you know, $15, $20 million at him. He's like, nope, I'm going to Baltimore because I just love it there and I want to finish my career there, which seems incredibly unlikely considering the contract. Or there was just very little market for Zadarius at all. And he knew it and everybody knew it. And the prospect of the Packers getting any kind of a deal done with Zadarius was zero because we would have had to have paid him a lot of money and taken on a massive cap hit and everything else to be able to keep him not just this year, but beyond. Which again, gets more complicated, not even so much this year because you can work out something this year, but next year, again, with trying to get Devontae and Bakhtiari and Kenny Clark and everybody all smushed together becomes very complicated. And again, if we, if we look at what it is I'm talking about, you got David Bakhtiari at $29 million next year. Now, do I expect them to make $29 million? No, I don't. But what are they going to do to get that down? It's what I'm saying. There's all these contingencies mixed in, you know? Um, Kenny is up to 24. Aaron Jones is at 20. So all these, you know, things that we're doing, we're starting to see the spikes. 2024, David Bakhtiari is at $33 million. Kenny Clark is at almost $25 million. Preston Smith is at almost $15 million. Aaron Jones is up to $16 million, which again, I don't expect a lot of these numbers to be even real or relevant, but this is where you got phase two coming in. Is Aaron Jones even on the team anymore? You know, David Bakhtiari in 2024, 
We could save $21.5 million if we let him go. Who knows what's going on with his knee and all these injuries. Maybe he's not on the team at this point. There's all these different contingencies and what-ifs, and you know we can maybe restructure, maybe cut, maybe trade, maybe, 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 maybe. Kenny at 24 seems reasonable all the way through. So I think this is, this is the thing. David Bakhtiari's contract is structured in a way that's like, these numbers are a little crazy. And usually teams don't like crazy numbers, so that means the numbers are usually fake. Either there's restructures coming and or cuts coming for this player. When you look at Kenny Clark, it's like, these are reasonable numbers for at least this duration, and then it gets crazy. Once you start to see crazy, that's when it's like, I don't know if we're going to do this anymore. But honestly, Kenny's contract is just not, especially when you factor in, you know, the cap spikes and everything else. I mean, his contract technically ends in 2024 at a $24 million cap hit, which again, today is pretty crazy. I mean, you know, that's relatively high, but... um, at that point, even even next year, 24-ish, eh, I don't know. And then 2025, he's only 30 years old, and there's not a bunch of money sitting there. So it's not like we're, we're, we're doomed if we move. It's, it's $5.4 million um, hit based on a, he's, he's got two, vo- that's not true. He's got two void years. Oh, yes, it is, because it's actually 2.7 over two years, so it's 5.4. So that's nothing. But it also just gives you a, a ton of leeway to be like, no, he's, he's only 30 years old. He's doing fine. Let's continue this. Let's keep this train rolling. Or they can just push money, more money into those void years because if they don't want to pay 24 next year, they offer them some kind of a restructured thing. And then 2024 goes up a little bit, as does 2025 and 2026. And if you move on after 2024, then 2025 is a bigger cap hit. But again, it's only 5.4 and you can live with that. Anyways, tangents galore here, but point is there's a lot of navigating. And a lot of that navigating has to do with the fact that we just have a lot of good players that demand massive contracts, and the Packers operate in a way that says we, we don't let really good players go. We don't let guys at the peak of their career, like Devontae Adams, best wide receiver in the football, we don't, in, in, in football, we don't just let these guys walk. Aaron Rodgers, back-to-back MVP, I get all the arguments, but we don't let guys like that walk. Kenny Clark, we don't let guys like that walk. David Bakhtiari, not going to let him walk. But it's becoming complicated. <laughs> and, and because the salary cap is not fake, there's some maneuvering that needs to be done and some, you know, uh, again, the, the contract that we see is just step one. And then there's, there's contingencies on top of contingencies on top of contingency plans. So anyways, I've got to get going. You folks have yourselves a fantastic day. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.